This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today on the show, Oscar Montoya. God, I love this person. We had the cutest chat. Valerie agreed. And um, you can catch Oscar on the Stars show Minx, which after this episode, you are going to want to for many reasons, but partially just because of the number of penises I hear are involved with that show. Um, hey, speaking of shows, <laughs> why don't you come see me in Los Angeles at the Elysian Theater on January 23rd at 7.30 p.m. for my show, Velvet Tuesdays. We've got Joel Kim Booster. We've got Ricky Lindholm. we got Rachel Scanlon. It is going to be a super fun show. You can head on over to CameronEsposito.com for tickets. Enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Hi, let's just start, you know? Um, I always have guests on the show introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. Hey, I'm Oscar Montoya, pronouns he, him, and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you sure are. That was a really long wait that you had to... That took, it, no, it, spent it really was spent 15 minutes assembling a tiny microphone because my big microphone is, is broke, I guess. Got broke. Okay, so... The main difference between you and I is that if that happened to me, I would have given up and cried. And you immediately were like, my microphone doesn't work. I'm going to fix this problem. Well, listen, I mean, you're a, hey, man, you're and a you big did. get. You fixed it. You think I'm going <laughs> to miss out on this fucking opportunity? Come on, babe, you walk. What am I supposed to do? Re- get back on your calendar? Impossible. Impossible. I met you recently backstage at a show here in Los Angeles, and yes, you got great vibes, man. Immediately delightful. Oh, Cameron, you know that was actually a Likewise. nice backstage across. Everybody the board. was so nice. It was, good, it was a good team. Um, Everybody was having conversations with each other. I've been in play. I'm a little like socially anxious, uh-huh. so I'm all about like the vibes right up top. If I show up to a place and the if if it's not feeling very. Uh, friendly. I, I like close up. I'm in my shell. I read a book. Oh my god! Uh, but this one was different. It, Come on! I know a green. That has How been embarrassing, fun right? One time, and it was that. <laughs> I just sometimes I feel like the bits are flying in a way in a way that feels like so competitive that I just want to be like, listen, you all, I love you. If, Why in is case that? you've never heard that from anybody. <laughs> Including Which you parents. probably haven't. Yeah. But <laughs> come here. It's you need sweet, a hug. You're you fine. A... And, uh, and you're good. Um, but no, it was a cute time. We had a cute time. And, it was. Um, I mean, you were going through something, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, this wild thing had happened. Yes. I haven't even talked about this in the show. Actually, okay, you it must. it also has a conclusion. <gasps> I, yes. What? Wait, it has a conclusion. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You solved the case? I don't know if I... No, I didn't solve the case. It is even weirder. No. It's weirder. Okay, so... No. Um, what happened was that the day that I got there to this back green room, I had shipped back some expensive clothes that I had been expecting to wear to a big event. And 
Then I heard back from the place I had sent it to, hello, what is this? <laughs> we need to return this to you. And I was like, what? And they, and they said very nicely, like, oh, these are not our clothes. So can we just ship them back to your address? But they must have sent them like super speed because I got them like the next day. Like I got this email and then I got this return package like the next day. Because I, I mean, was, they like, wanted to get rid of exactly. it. Yes. It was, <laughs> I have never, I don't know how they sent that. I've never received anything so fast in my life. So I was like, when I got this email, I was like, what was delivered to them? At first I thought maybe I was insane, you know, and had like, I didn't know what, I, what could I possibly send? I wasn't missing anything. I did look around my house. Um, th- so then I received this package and it was a dirty skirt, <laughs> but it had the shipping label on it that has my Okay. Address. And when you say dirty skirt, please paint us a picture. It was like a tube skirt that just like wasn't in great shape. And I was like, what? Like, I just, (laughs) first of all, I wanted to commend the really kind customer service person who emailed me, you know, from this like, you know, kind of fancy clothing place and just being like really casually, like, just going to return this to you. And not like, what the, why the fuck did you send me a dirty skirt? (laughs) Like, me personally, a dirty skirt. We don't want your fucking garbage. (laughs) Anyway. And also, like, that I thought I was going to return this. Like, like but in my mind. <laughs> like, like, you were going like to get away with it. That, yeah, where they were going to be like, I guess so. Refund her for the jacket. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I got this dirty skirt. I went back into the shipping place, and I was like, can I watch your CCTV footage? Like, what happened here? I, like, watched. I was, like, a detective. I watched the CCTV footage with them. I couldn't, like, they were like, as you can see, there's the box. But I was like, who's that in the background? Somebody in the background has a pink bag. Because it had, like, been shipped in a pink bag. Anyway, Oscar, like, a week later, then uh-huh. I went, then it was Christmas. I went away for Christmas. Right. And so there was, like, a delay. Everything was closed. Like, a week later, I got an email from the clothing place saying that they had received my items and that they were crediting me for the the jacket jacket and wait so they so, got the so they jacket? got it so somehow i literally don't know how this happened i'm very confused because by this. i even went to the shipping place like i mean th- maybe it just they printed printed two of the same label <laughs> and then they accidentally put it on the wrong thing but like fedex has to scan it so, like, it shouldn't right. have even been possible for it to deliver. I mean, I got the package back. It had my name on it. I don't understand how this dirty skirt materialized <laughs> and also somehow beat my actual return. Exactly. That's the thing. By, like, 10 it days. showed up so fast. Okay, where is this dirty skirt now? I took it back to the place to say, like, do you want to hold on to this? Like, to the... um package store and they said no so i gotta be honest with you i threw it in the teat rash i don't know what else to do with it i'm making new hold on to it for what There's yeah no exactly like- i don't know who this is i don't know who they're sending it to someone somewhere is missing a dirty skirt <laughs> that, they were, that they were mailing to somebody else <laughs> at a fast speed oh my gosh i don't understand what happened i literally I will never That's know what happened. That's so wild. What in the fuck? 
Because it wasn't, because we were talking about it in the green room and we thought that someone switched the jacket with a dirty skirt. I thought that they were doing the old switcheroonie. Right. And then they return my items, get the credit, and then a dirty skirt foils my (laughs) financial. I was like, honestly, I have to be honest. Listen to me. This wasn't (laughs) one item of clothing in there. I got a bunch of stuff that I was trying on. I just want to be really real. Uh Uh-huh. This is so fucked up. And I hope this doesn't, this is not like... This is not necessarily indicative of my financial state, but just how much I can put on my credit card. It was $5,000. Shut of up. So the day that you saw me, I was losing my Absolutely. fucking mind. Because I was like, what do you even do if... $5,000 worth of clothing is gone, missing somewhere. That you might have to be responsible for. I mean, I was like, I literally am going to have to return every Christmas present that I bought for anybody (laughs) and unlease my car. Because (laughs) I can't, I can't just eat five grand. (laughs) What the fuck? No. (laughs) No. That is like a nice vacation. That is like two nice vacations. wild. I know. Five. Wow. Five thousand. This must have been a really nice event. Well, you did know you use was? all of it? I did bought, you use some no, of it? I bought options. Okay. And then I was going to, I knew mm, that mm, I was going to mm. try some stuff on gotcha. and return them because this place, there isn't a brick and mortar store in Los Angeles, but I wanted I to try on some of the items. And so I didn't know what else to do. I'm like, I think I'll just buy it and then return. Right. Because you can always return it. No so one's ever... Uh, that is so scary. return it. Now I know Ooh. that that... Don't do that. <laughs> don't return anything? <laughs> well, no. I don't know. Don't... I... Don't put... Don't return anything. Is that true? I... I don't return. I am terrified of exactly the same scenario. So if I buy anything online, I have to make sure I want it forever. I have a knife costume somewhere in my closet that i (laughs) that i bought for a bit (laughs) i did a show okay what do you mean it makes you look like a knife (laughs) yeah like a literal knife costume like people make cost like i bought bought it off of amazon it is a like knife costume and i and i bought it for a bit where i was playing uh britney spears knives for like a show And it was oddly expensive because they sold out of the knife costume, which means people were going foaming at the mouth for this knife costume. They sold out of the singular knife costume. So I had to buy the cutlery set, which is a fork costume, a spoon costume, and a knife costume. (laughs) So now I have a knife costume. I gave a a fork costume away to my friend. And I have, uh, yeah, so I, I just have these... I have a spoon. I'll yeah, I have it. a spoon. And you want the spoon yeah. too? Great. Awesome. <laughs> Throw it Great. in the mail. <laughs> You're going to get another dirty piece of clothing. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that that was also just resolved. I really was losing my mind. I was like... Well, the assumption is that your jacket is missing. It's gone. Someone took it. But the fact that it went back home, maybe somebody... Like, did the switcheroo, wore the jacket, and they were like, this is great, but I feel guilty. 
Maybe. And then decided to put it in back. In reality, it was like three jackets and five pairs of pants. So my point is. Dang. Wow. Whoopsie daisy. So they had a little wardrobe thing. Maybe they just like dressed like Whoop- you for a whoopsie day. Whoopsie daisy. And then they were like, okay, what? Uh, I'm done. But in my mind, this was such a good plan. <laughs> I don't know. Go to a store and buy a thing. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, listen, sometimes, it, like you said, there is no physical store of that place in LA, Especially right? Especially if you're trying to figure out how does a little boy dress anyway <laughs> when they're going to a big adult <laughs> event. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta try I don't know either. These events. Jackets. Yeah. <laughs> That's the safest bet, I think. It's like a blazer or a jacket. That's kind of your go-to. I hate, I don't know. How do you feel about dressing up? Like, are you like a, do you like dressing up? Recently, are you big into yes. like these like. I recently mm-hmm. am into dressing up, but it's not historically been true. But um, mm. I have been enjoying, I don't know. I'm like feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. And it's been fun. Yes. To put some like. I don't know. I'm into like, I've been, I'm into my arms right now and I'm just never wearing sleeves on a carpet. <laughs> it's like cold in LA. Why? Especially now. Yeah. It's like freezing. Wear a jacket. You said, fuck it. I'm not, yeah. well, I'm not wearing sleeves. But no, I got the jackets. I said, these aren't for me. And I returned them. <laughs> <laughs> what did you end up wearing for the event? Uh, I ended up wearing a jacket to be honest. <laughs> but I also stayed at the event for like five seconds. Did and you? so even that jacket, I got to be honest, this is so fucked up. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I returned it. I really did. I stayed for 15 minutes. I hated yeah, this. I was keep... a, it was a holiday party. <laughs> I stayed for 15 uh, minutes see. and I was like, I think I can just take this back. Like, I don't even think I, I didn't sweat in this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you can, but. You can. You can return almost anything, I, I think. I don't know if that's true. Okay. I don't. Now, I don't know that that's true. Let me I don't ask return you about shit. So. You, uh, yes. At events, dressing up. How do you Ooh. Know? Um. I'm. I hate dressing up. I. Dressing up equals a button up, and I something about buttoning up makes me feel so like uh, suffocated. I. I'm a very like casual dresser. Like I dress down. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I do. Sweatpants sweatshirts i'm a sweatshirt and shorts kind of person that that's where i live that's like sort of my my costume you know um but these events there's a lot of weird pressure and you know i've learned about like doing all these events that it typically it doesn't really matter as long as you dress however you want to dress and you dress quote unquote nicely I feel like people get rewarded for showing their personal style over some weird suit because I always associated like, oh, this is a nice event. I have to wear a suit. That's not true. Wait, Especially so- now. I- oh, good. Well, I mean, like now I'm like practicing more, you know, I'm, I'm dressing a little bit more like gender neutral, like I'm wearing skirts more. So like I'm experimenting with that a little bit more. So like that's been really fun for me. Uh, as soon as you like limit clothing options, that's when it gets really boring. But once you like, you're like, oh, I could clothes are just clothes. I know. Clothes are fabric I, I and weird. I can wear whatever I want, you know? Well, one thing that I think I'm going to do. So my wife has made a suggestion to me about an upcoming item to wear to an event. <gasps> and she okay. was like, you should wear my wedding dress. Hers. Her wedding dress. My wife has a like vintage 
lace wedding dress that was her mom's and it has like a high oh my god and i was like katie this is genius i don't know if i could fit in it she was quite small at the time of our wedding Mm. um but if i can she's like gonna have it cleaned in case i can wear that is people should wear wedding gowns to a freaking event why not why wear an outfit that's only meant for a point in your like you got to wear it more than once i mean isn't that amazing it's her mom's wedding dress that's so cool. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. And then my oh, wife I wants want to, see to wear pictures of it. a kimono because ah! she is Cute. like reclaiming her Japanese American heritage. Yes. And is excited to wear that. Oh, uh, I don't know. Why not? It'll be something. Do it. Yeah, d- exactly. Do it. Would you wear it together? Would I you wear the wedding dress so. and she'll wear the kimono? Yeah, I think so. Or like put her in a suit. I don't know. There's so many options. Um, it's fun. It's fun. Once you realize, once you crack the code of clothing equals fun. Ah. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! So you are on a television show. Yes. That is called Minx. Yes! And I know that you... Wait, what season is it? Set. What season is it? Two. Two. Dose. Season two, yeah. Dose. Um, and I know that that's going to be... Yes. One, oh. two, donezo. So everybody yes. better wring all of their cares and fun out of those two seasons because nothing good's ever going to be on TV again. Um, I No, it's such, it was such a good show. Come on. Everybody watch it. It's on Stars. Yeah. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, you know, it's very, it's very queer, which is like... A lot of people don't know the, how queer the show is, and it is the queer show. It really is so good, and it's a time. It, Wait, I've so worn that's what like. I want to ask about mm-hmm. was the your wardrobe on this show? Yes, and if that was at all challenging for you, like how you felt about that? There, yes. I, you know, anyway, tell me more. Yeah. So in the in the you know the thing about seventies clothes is that it is unforgiving. That's they what did I, not that wear is any... what I felt curious about. Is like <laughs> you're wearing some pretty like. Um, starchable fabric. And, yeah. Uh, oh I'm yeah. Assuming, no stretch to them. I don't even know how the fitting. How did the fitting process go when you're wearing that kind um, of clothing? You know, it's I. I had a, a fitting session, and they they took my measurements, and everything they bought is from the set. Like everything they have is time period appropriate. Actually, there was a guy Johnny who was the head of the costume. A warehouse where we were uh, sourcing clothes 
and I wore his shoes. He had shoes, plat, giant ass platform shoes that he wore in the 70s that he was like, what's your size? And I told him and he was like, we're the same size here. These are yours now that he just gave me. What? And they are amazing. They are c- tough to walk in, but really amazing. But, you know, it's like aged clothing. So they're, they don't stretch. They don't breathe. And for me, like, I like wearing oversized stuff. I like wearing loose clothing. So, like, me having to wear the tightest clothes imaginable, I was like, okay, this is going to be a challenge because I got to I gotta be comfortable in these clothes when I don't necessarily feel comfortable. And a lot of it is like, oh, that they're showing all my swerves and curves. You know what I mean? I'm a curvy girl, you know? So, like, I'm like, okay, I have to really be vulnerable in that regard. But then... The great thing about that show is that it's about the first female uh, erotic mag- erotic magazine for women identifying people uh, where there's like n- naked men everywhere. And there's something about and I played the photographer, Richie, and there's something about taking pictures of naked men that sort of liberated my body shame. And granted, these men are sexy. These are like models. You know what I mean? It's not like body diversity over there, but. For some reason, there was something about the way that they presented themselves and they were still not confident in their bodies. I said, huh? Oh, that doesn't go away. Oh, this is a universal sort of feeling. We all feel a little uncomfortable in our skin. There's always places that we don't feel super confident. So why choose to hate the body that you're in Choose to embrace it, choose to love it, choose to live and celebrate it. And that's what I did. Honestly, this show, this show changed my entire life. Um, that's amazing. And now I love it. I love wearing tight clothes. Are you kidding? Oh, that's, that is amazing. I love to hear that. I'm just thinking about experiences I've had. I mean, for me, like, I haven't actually had, I haven't worn anything from the 70s. I have worn, I have worn one, like, non-stretch, like, made-to-measure suit on TV, which Ooh. was, like... Do not fluctuate at all. (laughs) And also the way that it was built, I literally Uh like my shirt was like strapped to my socks and my like, like it was just meant to be like super small. Like a sleek. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Like 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 very sleek. Sleek. That's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. So. How was it walking? Like, how was it wearing that? Did you feel limited? Were you like, oh, this feels good? Like, kind of awesome. But I, you know, it is like, I don't know. I mean, this was when I was on a show where like, even there was like, even one of the men on this show Mm. was a really small person in real life. On camera, he looks like a normal sized person. But he's really small, like in every regard. Isn't that? And, ooh, it's shocking sometimes when you meet people yeah, in real life. Oh, you're, you're like, small. you are tiny. Yeah, yeah. And so I think like um, for every ounce of confidence that I got being myself, it's also like stunning being around folks who look normal on they look like they're like a regular size person yeah. on television. <laughs> but like in person, you're like, oh, you, this is like, it just really, I think it's like there's confidence. And then there's also this sort of like 
fucked up experience of seeing what people really look like that we're all growing up like staring at um absolutely which is i don't well, know it's what like that, you s- i don't know what that is i don't know what feeling that gave well, it's me weird. it's like sad yeah. i guess but it's also maybe i don't know what it is yeah it's to me it's like i saw i i saw kelly ripa in person one day oh. and she's the tiniest she's small like unnaturally, t- like very tiny, but she looks sort of normal on on camera. In person, it is you're just like, oh my gosh, you're gonna, you're about to break. And to me, I'm like, you can only exist in TV. Like, could you imagine being like, I don't know, <clears throat> a line cook, <laughs> Kelly Ripa, a line cook? I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? It's oh like some God. people are just like manufactured to be on television. Well, I mean, manufactured at what point in their lives and by whom? Anyway, we can. Good point. Good point. Good point. (laughs) You know. uh, All right. So just in terms of like you being, you know, getting this job and everything you just said about how it changed your understanding of your body and being around. Well, can I also ask you about like, did you ever feel, did you ever feel creepy looking at these dudes? Is okay, that something so, that ever came up for you? Yes. So before I was on set, I was like, oh, my God, I have to take... Because they really wanted the... There's a scene in the first season, the first episode, where I take Polaroids of people's uh, penises uh, that we can, like, look at and audition or whatever. Uh, and they were like, okay, we really want you to take a picture of them so we can you can film it. And a Polaroid has no Zoom function at all. So I'm just like inches away from their penises and before wait, we shot it wait, i was on. so they're actual penises yeah they're actual like, real like penises yes no prosthetics though this is their nope <laughs> what'd you say <laughs> prostenus <laughs> i just made that up and i think it's good <laughs> they're prostenus no this is their real real penis yes and i was nervous i was like i've i i I thank God you were nervous. First of all, I just going? want to interrupt by yeah. saying, what if you were not you? What a what a what a person! Ew, are you serious? If, if you I'm like, e, been, I yeah, can't exactly, wait. Exactly. <laughs> Can I get closer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I was so nervous. I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable, and I I just I just didn't like. And also, you know, I'm I'm a I was a bit of a prude too. I was a little like, ew, oh no, butts, oh no. I remember as a kid. <laughs> I didn't watch Ren and Stimpy because they showed their butts. Actually, can I just say, I also thought <laughs> Ren and Stimpy was just like a bridge too far. Like, I don't know what yes. kid I was, but I, I was said, like, Mm-mm. this is like, I don't, they're booger. There's like boogers and airbags and stuff. <laughs> it's like a little nasty. It's like a little Yeah, I was nasty. not into it at all. Yeah, Everybody loved Garbage it. And I was kids, like, not for me. Anyway. No, too gross. Too gross. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, how am I, how am I going to tackle this? And then we showed up and then, you know, there's an intimacy coordinator that like makes everyone feel very comfortable. And I forget that these people, they do this for a living. They show, they, it is so normal for them. They do not care. They're, they're like, this is our choice. We want, it's not, no one's forcing them to take off their clothes. They, they do it all the time. And, and there's no judgment. It's not like they're excited either. It's just like, it is it is what it is. And I took pictures of 32 penises, <laughs> peni, 
<laughs> and by the by the third one, I was like, oh, body parts are weird. It's just whatever. It's so whatever. It's so nothing. Now it's like. No. Every day you wake up, you take snap a. <laughs> I snap a picture of a penis and I go, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. What day on set was that for you? That was our second day. Classic. Second day on set. Classic timing so, for yeah, a thing like that. Yeah, yeah, for those yeah. people that are just listening, they don't know what I'm talking about. It's like you basically don't even know your coworkers at that point. Like you, you no, don't know the hair and makeup. T- you don't know anybody. Nobody is your friend. You're just nope. you're stumbling through. You're getting lost. You're getting to know people. Uh, you don't yep. know what's going on. So you're it's a perfect stuff out. time for that mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> the most normal time. The most normal Absolutely. time. You can't even talk to anybody about it. You just can't. You just have to. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because we shot that like right during the pandemic. So I didn't see anyone's faces, but I did see their digs. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, of course. They're wearing masks, right? Yes. They're wearing masks. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, great. Exp- I mean, who can say that, though? I mean, working on the show was one of the best experiences of all time. God. I loved it. And also in the second season, you know, what's so cool, it never happened. I've rarely worked on a project where people are like, you know, as an actor, they're like, <clears throat> you're just so used to people being like, these are your lines, say the lines how you want to say them, and then we'll negotiate how the lines are actually going to be said. And you're like, okay. But then this show <clears throat> is so amazing because in the second season, they I had so much input on that character. They were like, so what do you think? I, and that's just credit to the showrunner, Ellen Rappaport, who was so open to discussing people's, the character's journey and trajectory and including the actors in that as well. So, um, you know, it happens so rarely in shows and uh, that was like such a rare opportunity for me. And I, I felt so special and it, it was just a magical experience. I-, I loved working on that show. Can I ask you how you ended up here in Los Angeles taking pictures of penises for a living? <laughs> so I was, uh, I was, so before I did any acting, I was a dancer. I was a professional dancer um, I studied contemporary dancing at uh, SUNY Purchase in upstate New York in Westchester. And uh, that was my career. That was my life. I was like, I'm going to be a dancer. I've been dancing since I was four years old. Oh um, and I tore my ACL <gasps> really badly that I had to have multiple surgeries for it. And that sort of ended my dancing career. I was 26 at the time. Wow. And, you know, it's like you live your 26 is not like the beginning of your life. You know, it's like you're you sort of have something. And I was making I was like um, I had a residency at Juilliard, like things were going like things were happening in my career, you know. And then all of a sudden this thing happened. And as a dancer, you're sort of like. It it happens to a lot of dancers, but you you never think it's going to happen to you. And then. It's this weird feeling when you've worked your entire life towards one thing and I literally had no other skills at all. I had I was not good at anything else. Dancing was all I could do. And wow. that was close for me. I, I I could not do anything. So I ended up having like a real job and I worked as a event coordinator for Scholastic Publishing. Oh my God, what? <laughs> 
Wow. Which I was like, what is going on? I, I don't. It was it was a mess. I, that was like the first adult job. Wait, first and only is, adult job I've ever I had. I want to go back to um, dance for a second. I mean, this is yeah. so interesting to me. Um, well, I'll just say uh, I grew up. My sister's a dancer. And when I grew up, mm. like I, I took eight years. Don't think I didn't take eight years. Of, <gasps> okay. Of <laughs> what kind of dance? Jazz. But my older yes! sister. um who like studied ballet through high school, she eventually um, moved over to modern and she had her own dance company in Chicago where I lived with her. And so Mm. there was like a ballet bar in our house that she just used for stretching and stuff like that. And I dated one of the company members and her company for a long time. And she's still a dancer in Berlin now, but eventually moved to New York and was like Twyla Tharp's personal archivist. My point is, I have been around this world. This is a world. Okay, that so I, you're familiar. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen. I have seen a lot of dance. So, I'm curious about like. I mean, I don't know. I feel like for my sister. So I was like good at sports. She was really smart, um, but I think she had a hard time focusing as a kid, mm. and. She was like not good at sports. And I think it was like the one thing that she really connected with. And she did it. She was so motivated. It's like kind of wild looking back on it. She would take the train from where we lived in the suburbs of Chicago down to um, take classes at the Joffrey Ballet, which was like the place in Chicago that is like. I mean, it's, it's the place. Yeah. yeah, it's the place. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's, that's wild for it to be you know, a 15 year old and like doing that with your time is very brave. Um, and I think also our household, my parents didn't really know what to do with this. Like mm. they put us all in dance. Were your parents artists? No, my mom is like a preschool <laughs> teacher. My dad is a lawyer. I mean, my dad sings. He's like passionate about mm. that, I guess. But like, honestly, mostly at church in my lifetime, you know, as like a church cantor sort of a guy. So I think... Mm-hmm. They, my little sister is like an actually trained actor. And then I accidentally became an actor after like, <laughs> my little sister went to like conservatory acting school. My older sister had a modern dance company. And then I became a stand-up comic. I don't know how this happened. I mean, they, they like wow. showed us the arts, but like, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense that that's what happened. But, and wow. part of the reason I'm saying all this is like, you know, my parents knew how to support like me being a jock. You know, or like my little sister was like a theater kid. They knew how to like support the fact that she was in plays at school. But like mm-hmm. for my older sister, I don't think they like knew what to do about the fact that she was like passionate about this thing. They didn't really understand, especially when she got into modern right. and they were like, you like carried that brick around the stage so beautifully, you know, like they didn't <laughs> yeah. know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like I, I really, really love dance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that in some ways she was like really carving a path for herself. Anyway, yeah. because I have so much experience. Well, it's up scary. This. I mean, it must have been really scary for your sister to be like, "Okay, I have to figure this out. Like, I have to figure this out on my own." Yeah. So, like, what? How did this happen for you that you were able to like? commit this much time and energy that you were able to know this is what you wanted to do. I mean, it's like a, it's a very specific 
yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, it's it's interesting because what I so I'm I was born in Colombia. I'm from, I'm from South America, and in Colombia I did folkloric dancing, like traditional oh, wow. Colombian yeah. dancing. I danced to cumbia music, and that was like my introduction to dance. And that, I did that when I was four years old. And was that when I came as well. Well, it, uh, my grandma, because I, there were no guys in in dancing I mean, at this all. Is what, this is this is part of what I'm getting to. How the fuck, you know? I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it it really was because I growing up was so quiet. I was really shy. I did not do sports. Literally everyone in the whole world in Colombia did sports. I was the only one. And my grandma was like, what am I going to do with this kid? And they were looking for a guy to be uh, a partner because you have to have a partner in dance. And she was like, hey, do this piece, do this piece. And, And I did it and I took to it right away. And just stuck with it. I stuck with it. And they were like, oh, thank God we have a guy. Oh, my God, finally. Um, and so that's what I did. And when I came to this country, you know, cumbia dancing is not really a thing. Uh, but because I wanted to keep dancing, I discovered uh, modern and contemporary dance. Uh, and that's and, I, and then I was obsessed with that. I was like into the theatricality of that, uh, carrying bricks around. That's what I wanted yeah, to do, babe. you know. Uh, so, uh, I got fully swept up in that in, in junior high school. I got really, really into it. Uh, and then, yeah, that's How just what I did for, in oh my high. gosh. One of the most traumatizing experiences in my entire life in junior high school, I was fresh out of, I just, I just moved to the United States. I was in junior high school in my junior high school, they had this thing called talent, which is like the arts, an extracurricular where you chose an art. And it was like acting, dance, band, uh, speech and debate, and journalism, which uh, felt a little weird, but okay, whatever. And the way that you would choose your talent is that they would say uh, the thing, for example, acting, and anyone interested in acting would stand up and sit in this section of the auditorium. And I knew I wanted dance. I was like, okay, that's obviously what I'm going to do. And when it was time for dance, the people that were interested got up and I got up. And as soon as I got up, I heard laughter from the entire school, mind you. And it was because I was the only boy that stood up. And I remember walking towards that section <sighs> of the auditorium and everyone just laughing at me. Oh my God. Uh, so... I must have really wanted it because <laughs> I didn't sit down. I I, I committed to it. I fully was just like, I'm going to do this. And my dance teacher, Janice Kozlowski, who I owe ever everything to, she was the one who encouraged me to keep dancing. She was the one who encouraged me to keep pursuing the arts. And she was one of the very first people to be like, you are very talented in this and you should continue doing this. So I owe my entire career to Janice Kozlowski. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, where were you? Where where in the US were This you? is in Queens in New York, in New York City. Yeah. Wow. That is a I mean So then you what happened when you went to high school? So when I went to high school, I went to a school called the Academy of American Studies, which is an American history specialized high school. Classic. And the 
And the only reason why I went there is because it was a small school and you had to take a test today to get in. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I went in there and there were no extracurriculars. There's no uh, like arts or anything. We didn't really have a sports team. We didn't have anything. We did not have a single, it was all American history. <laughs> um, so like I didn't do dancing for that long, of, like during my high school years, cause I was fully like in studying mode. <laughs> cause I was learning American history. Like every high schooler should. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and uh, then I auditioned for Purchase because I still wanted to dance, and I got in. And so that's that's how that's how I wow. went to college. Yeah. Wow. And then did you move back to New York and were pursuing dance there? I moved back to New York, uh, auditioning, pursuing dancing. Uh, but the weird thing is that I had really. Throughout my entire life, I had really bad anxiety, especially like stage fright. So the the reason why I loved modern and contemporary is because it felt like a group synergy. It, it's like very group focused mm. movement, you know, uh, and it never felt like I stood out in any way. Like for me, it was about the company. It was always about the company. It was always about the piece. But as soon as I went into the real world and auditioned for commercial dance, it was all like, how do you stand out? Like, what is your skill? And that fucked me up. That was like, uh-oh. Because in a lot of dance auditions, you have to do like solos and, and improv dancing, which I was like, fuck, I can't do Yeah, this. I've seen that Julia Stiles movie. <laughs> exactly. She was able to do it. She I was not. Yeah, so. She did a good job. She was able to do it, you know. Yeah, uh, she was able to do it. <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, that that kept fucking me. That was like my biggest Achilles heel was like, oh, spotlight on you. You figure it out. Um, and yeah, I, to this day, like, for, like, I don't know how you, you do stand up. I could never do stand up. It's oh. so like just you. Well, how, how do you manage to do that? It's not my biggest fear. Whenever people say really? that, then that's just what I say. It's because, like, it's not, that's not how my, I have anxiety just like you. It's just not mm-hmm. how my anxiety manifests, you know? Because I think, wait, I'm, I think cu- people, I'm curious I think, if you don't mind talking about yeah, it. How does think, your anxiety manifest? Oh, sure. I think people always assume about stand up like it's like a, bri- like it's like we all feel the same way about the same. Th- and I'm not, I'm not like talking down to you. I just, no, no, no. I, you know, absolutely. so many people share this fear that you're talking about. I feel Mm -hmm. like for a long time, people have come to me with this, like, how can you display this extraordinary bravery? And I just, it's like over time. And for a while I was even like, yeah, you know, (laughs) but it's just like, I had to realize over time, like, oh, it's just cause it's not my biggest fear. Like my Mm. biggest fear is, intimacy with one person mm. where i'm actually risking telling somebody the truth about me telling like 200 or 2000 people the truth is like there's no it's like not there's no risk who cares wow you it's like doesn't matter i mean the only thing i care about is uh that people pay, if that people paid to be there and understanding that they're mm. paying their hard hard earned money you know i'm like Right. If my if my tickets are twenty five or fifty bucks, think of all the jackets they could lose for that <laughs> amount. 
There's so many. I didn't buy a jacket yeah. to see Cameron. Show. <laughs> I didn't buy a hundred jackets. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, um. So yeah, but you know, I'm really sort of like nearing the time that mm-hmm. I booked you for because I fucked up and have a broken <laughs> microphone. But um, I think the, the reason I want to go through, down that little... T- it's very... Everything you just said is very interesting if, if, for, to me if, if it's linked together. Because also... Again, I'm not trying to make it... But I just grew up around so many dancers. It's like the way that bodies are shown or displayed... Because everybody's just like nude. Because it's like everybody's like yeah. changing and they're changing out of yep. like tight outfits or they're like changing for the next piece so there's not Mm -hmm. like time to it's not like a basketball game where you're just gonna like wear your uniform and then you're gonna like go out there and then it's like there's like a lot of like stuff going on backstage yes and so there's a lot of nudity chaos there's a lot of like yes absolutely and Mm -hmm. i think i always felt like i that is actually something oh speaking of my biggest fear that is something i couldn't imagine Watching my sister and her friends just like be so cavalier about their bodies because they had been <laughs> for years changing in these group settings where like you really just have to be like fully nude to like get your tights on. You can't like yeah fuck around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like changing no, it's my sports bra under my shirt right. to go like, to soccer <laughs> Wearing practice. a full towel. Yeah, they're just like, fuck this. I got to like, you know, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Um, It's weird because in my brain, like I also would be fully naked in front of other dancers like it was nothing. But to your point, it's this weird thing that my brain does where if in the dancing world, it was completely normalized, but take myself out of it. Like I remember I would go to the gym and like to shower, I would put a towel like over my whole body. You know, not just like, you know, around my hips. It would be around my boobs, you know? So I would like, I would feel self-conscious outside of the dance world. But because I was in an environment where like that was normalized, it didn't feel like a weird thing to me. But once you take that out of the context where it's like, no, no, bodies are actually weird and you should feel embarrassed about your body. That's when I got self-conscious about it, which is so odd. Well, I mean, I think... Again, it's like the whole conversation kind of is circling this bigger thing. Everything we've talked about from mm-hmm. like wardrobe and everything. Uh, this bigger thing of, you know, when bodies are normalized, even me normalizing my body to myself. Because mm. like I started a couple years ago when I like I go to yoga classes or I go swimming. I like to mm-hmm. get fully nude because it's literally like a practice that i gave myself because i'm like first of all it's like impossible to pretend to like pretend to not do that because i am putting on tiny <laughs> yeah. like a suit is like so fucking small i don't know what i was doing before, like holding it in your teeth stop it you're like holding it te- like, like making a tent stop it right but it is funny because then i realize i'm like now fully old enough that maybe some like little kid in there is like oh my god the old lady is like all the way new that's how i used to feel in locker rooms but anyway it doesn't matter um but you know it, when we see bodies when we see lots of bodies we don't 
at least me, when I see lots of bodies, mm-hmm. including my own, I find it is less doable to hate my body. Because it's just like, there's lots yes. of bodies. Yes. Yeah. And all bodies are valid. Absolutely all bodies are valid. You know, it's just, it's our brain. I don't know. Society does a really good job of tricking us on like how to think, you know? And I think the more you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, this was like something that was, and I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about body. I'm talking about gender expression. I'm talking about every single thing. It's like, oh, I don't have to think this way. Great. I'm liberated. Because I, for a long time, thought I had to react a certain way to nudity, to all of that stuff. And the more, the older, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing, like, oh, that was just like, not real. Mm. Oh, none of this is real. Well, listen, you are awesome. You're awesome. Are you kidding me? And I'm so happy for you that you're having this like second big career after... Thank you. You know, after a first whole career. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. I'm riding the wave. I want to see where it takes yeah, yeah. you. What's but it's been a really fun journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Line cook. Yes, Line absolutely. Cook. Yeah. Before I send you back into your day, I just want to ask you really quickly to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. Okay, so uh, my biggest queero, it, it has always been John Waters. John oh, Waters yeah. Like the, the, gold, the gold ticket for me has tr- truly reveled in filth in a way that I'm like, oh gosh, like the queer identity is filthy mm. and that's kind of fun. That guy would love you Ryan know? Stimpy. Yeah, exactly. Which is so crazy <laughs> that I like love John Waters, but hated Ren and Stimpy when I was a kid. Now I love Ren and Stimpy. I don't know, man. It- <laughs> Those little animated butts were <laughs> unsettled. Cameron, when was the last time you saw a Ren and Stimpy episode? It's pretty <laughs> Okay, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in. I'm going to dive in. Okay. <laughs> well, you are a delight. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is so, so fun. What a treat. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artists-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.